Have you ever been to a chiropractor, Mark? Right. No, I haven't. However, Laura has and does regularly. Mm, interesting. What for? Yes. What's the ailment? So, uh, ever since having Owen, um, she has had uh, kind of back issues mm-hmm. uh, from carrying him around uh, a lot. Uh, now, I don't necessarily believe in them. I don't. I don't believe. That I don't, I don't, I don't think chiromancy is. I think it's horseshit. Chiromancy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and her, her, her chiropractor, from what, from what I hear from Laura, needs to stay in her fucking lane. She's making her like dietary recommendations and fuck off, love. You, know you are I mean? absolutely, you know, basically giving a preview of everything I'm about to talk about right here. Yeah. Even, <laughs> the, even worse, right? A yeah. good friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, uh, has trained in something called spinology. Mm. I, know, I know, right? Okay. And I don't believe in that either. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, you know, I don't judge. I don't judge people who do. Absolutely sure. not. Go to it. I don't judge anyone for anything they believe or pour their heart into or, or, or you know, wish to make a part of their lives or their, their process or their journey. Uh, but I've, I've known people into all sorts of fucking dumb shit. <laughs> sure. During my life, I, uh, you know, I think I might have mentioned the reflexology mm-hmm. uh, devotee that I knew previously on on this cast. Uh, you know, uh, and how aghast I was at hearing her say that you know, where she did get a cancer diagnosis, her first port of call would be a fucking reflexologist Oof. to weave some fucking foot magic before going to an actual doctor. Foot Yikes. magic, you fucking idiot! <laughs> Grow up. You know? Yeah, that's not that's not great. Nobody's gonna massage the cancer out of you. Absolutely not. Via I, your I mean, extremities. You know, I I lump all that in the same bin as Reiki. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oral yeah. fucking cleansing. Right. Uh, all of that. It, I I put that in one big old bucket, and I've written on the bucket shit for cunts. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Listen, the thing about, like, like with reflexology, with Reiki, with, you know, all of that kind of stuff, a lot of times we, we understand that that is alternative medicine, right? Or shit for cunts, you know, but like it's... You know, <laughs> they're the same. Like, they are the, the same, same thing. You know, and again, like, <laughs> like, I don't judge people, but yeah, it's shit for cunts. But, you know, the, right, but... I think there's certain stuff that, like, whether you believe in it or not, you do understand, like, that is homeopathy. You understand yes, that is alternative course, medicine. And that is alternative not... Alternative to medicine. Right. And and that's not the same thing as mm. traditional medicine, right? Uh, uh, chiropractors are different because f- most people do not know that that's not traditional medicine. Mm-mm. If you were to, like, ask around, probably, I mean, I don't know how much you've harassed your wife about her chiropractic uh fixation knows, or things like that but she knows my you know, feelings right you know but if like you hadn't expressed those feelings she probably would not have heard that either right yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. uh it's one of those things that like most of us uh learn about it as a thing you know it comes into our lives as a thing that is 
sort of in tandem with regular medicine. Yes, you think, you know, you think chiropractor, you think sports massage and therapy and and postural correction and things like Mm -hmm. that. And that seems legit, Uh, but it isn't. Right. So, you know, I, I went to... When I was getting my master's, I started going to a chiropractor because my school health plan um, covered it. And I was like, cool, I'm in pain all the time. Yeah, we actually, this was a cool thing um, when I don't know if it was, yeah, I think it was for everyone. Like we paid into like fees. um, So like California public schools don't have tuition. They have like fees that you pay. And amongst them is a health fee. Um, And I think it's only like, $350 a semester or something like that compared to like the thousands you pay uh, Mm. for a private insurance plan. And then like there's basically like a hospital on campus um, and you can go there for your doctor's appointments, for your vaccinations, for like all your stuff on campus because of your campus health plan. I see. Um, And so this covered uh, going to a chiropractor. So (laughs) I went to a chiropractor at the time, which like... I I always want, like, female doctors. I'm just, like, not super into, like, men touching my body. I've gotten a Fun. little better about it as, like, a, you know, person nearing 40, but it's, my whole life I've never been really into that. I, so I requested, like, a female chiropractor, and I go in, and not only is the chiropractor male, but his name is Guy. <laughs> <laughs> as if just to rub it in. Oh, you want a female chiropractor? We found you a man named Man. <laughs> to work on you it's that like, had to be intentional <laughs> somebody read your form <laughs> right. and they were like right yeah yeah okay <laughs> you don't want a fucking bloke we'll double down <laughs> exactly uh, and guy was a perfectly nice guy uh you know young hot chiropractor type situation which of course then makes you even more nervous like oh dear god yeah, sure. uh, but um my first two sessions after guy adjusted my neck I immediately got horrendous 24-hour-long migraines, complete with mm. all the, like, throwing up and wanting to die that that entails. Fuck's sake, guy. What That's... did you do? Come on, guy. Get it together. Uh, so from there, I was like, you know, okay, you can adjust the rest of me, but just don't touch my neck. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to leave that out of the equation. Um, and he was like, okay, that's fine. No worries. Um, and, and the adjustments felt good. <laughs> I mean, have you ever had someone pop your back? Nope. <laughs> really? Nope. Never. Nope. Oh, Mark, you gotta have some. I've seen plenty of videos of it. Obviously, I've seen plenty of TikToks of of some quite violent chiropractic. (laughs) Well, I don't even. I don't even mean like in a chiropractic setting. I mean like you know having your wife put her arms around you and like bend your back or anything like that to get a good pop out of it. No, I no, that has never happened to me. Never had that done. Okay, well, you should try it because, you know, for like 20 minutes after having that done, you feel like you can conquer the world. It feels mm. so good to have someone just uh pop all that that tension out of there. Um but of course the pain then comes back, so you got to go mm. get another adjustment. Uh it's not really solving anything. Uh, while at the chiropractor, you know, I brought, I showed him my bendy fingers and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, he told me I have loose joints uh, and recommended I do acupuncture as a, uh, you know, way of helping with this. So I went on to get acupuncture, which was also available um, <laughs> for cuts. Uh, and it 
uh, turned out to be one of like the most painful things I've ever experienced in my life. Um, it was, you know, they put, because I have restless leg, they put the needles like in my ankle, like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna deal with this shit and all that kind of stuff. And then they left the room and uh, because I have restless leg, I couldn't stop moving my foot, which caused intense nerve pain to shoot through my entire body every time I so much as twitched because wow. of where the needles were. So I spent like 20 minutes in there with these needles in just like crying because every time I moved my restless leg, intense burning fiery pain through my entire body um and it turns out i don't have loose joints i have ehlers-danlos syndrome <laughs> and, and you know sorry but loose joints is not a diagnosis it apparently so it's there's something called ligamus laxity which okay. for people who don't have like a hypermobility disorder like eds yeah. can be a thing like it's not okay. necessarily like a chronic pathology like having um eds but it's you know sort of in the similar vein but that's okay. not that's not what i have <laughs> yeah, of course. it's yeah i have eds and while it'd be nice if acupuncture uh fixed eds um it unfortunately does fuck all for it um, and I, I i am right in saying that acupuncture does nothing for anything does it it's 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 well, that's not the thing I researched today, so I don't want to make any claims about what acupuncture does or does not do because I don't know the science of it off the top of my head. Like there, there may be something that that you know that that does. It's probably not a lot of the things that it claims to do, but a lot of times, you know, things you do to your body may have an effect on it <laughs> in some way or another. Uh, it's not going to cure cancer or something, but there's, you know, maybe it relieves a pain or something of that sort. Certainly enough people do it that at worst there's a placebo effect that seems to be yeah. effective for people. It, I mean, it's it's a it's a complementary therapy, isn't it? Which right. to me tells you everything you need to know. It, I it, it isn't it isn't anything. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I don't think I'm necessarily as sort of dogmatically opposed to these things as you are, because like mm. I said, like I think that there can be a degree to which things do stuff because like you do things to the body and things happen. You know, I just think that there's usually a limited um, sort of application for things. Yeah. And usually these things claim to do something far outside yeah. <laughs> of yeah. what even physiologically makes sense yeah. for them. But I mean, I, I, I will, I will, absolutely accept that the placebo effect is a thing and is very powerful right yeah you know? exactly and we'll, we'll see that in here too and you know there's something to that that it's like okay if doing something physically can trick your mind yes. into feeling healed yes. then you know has it not in some way worked yeah that that's that that's that's the the big question isn't it it's not right. it's not it, it's it's an act of chicanery upon your upon your body <laughs> right and if you could do that then like mm. cool great you know <laughs> like that's cool uh but in this case you know the the i basically came to the conclusion that chiropractic wasn't for me i assumed mm. my weird body was the problem and why it didn't work and it didn't occur to me that actually it's the practice 
that's the problem. I thought they were doctors. They call themselves doctors. Mm. Uh, but it turns out that's basically like me saying, I'm a doctor and therefore I can assess your physical ailments. Uh, not that kind of doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Most people don't know that. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and explain it. So chiropractic was founded as a religious practice uh, by <laughs> oh, a... Fucking hell, really? <laughs> Yes, uh, by a quirky dude named D.D. Palmer in the early 20th century. Mm. Um, and you may have heard people say in snarky tweets and whatnot that chiropractic was created by a guy who said a ghost taught it to him. That's completely true. <laughs> I thought that yes. that was going to turn out to be like an exaggeration. So uh, but no, Palmer said, quote, the knowledge and philosophy given me by Dr. Jim Atkinson, an intelligent spiritual being appealed to my reason. Oh, Laura's going to love this. <laughs> Dr. Jim Atkinson had been dead for 50 years when Palmer pioneered <laughs> this process. And before Palmer received this otherworldly revelation, he'd been practicing what he called magnetic healing, which involved manipulating a magnetic field surrounding the patient's body in order to diagnose and cure whatever was wrong with them. I know we haven't talked about Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon church on here, and we really should, but this shit straight up reminds me of him. Like Smith too, just kind of jumped from weird horse shit to weird horse shit until something finally stuck and he yeah, created yeah, that yeah. church. Um, and that's pretty much what happened with Palmer. So chiropractic's sort of founding myth is that of a guy called Harvey Lillard, who Palmer claimed to have cured of deafness. Here's Palmer's description of what happened. You're going to have that incredulous look on your face this entire time. Uh, here's his what he said. Quote, Harvey Lillard, a janitor in the Ryan block where I had my office, had been so deaf for 17 years that he could not hear the racket of a wagon on the street or the ticking of a watch. I made inquiry as to the cause of his deafness and was formed that when he was exerting himself in a cramped, stooping position, he felt something give way in his, in his back and immediately became deaf. An examination showed a vertebra racked from its normal position. I reasoned that if that vertebra was replaced, the man's hearing should be restored. Makes sense. Obviously. You know what I mean? Uh, and honestly, like, as a scientific, like, the scientific method, okay, that makes sense, right? Like, we see this, there's a oh, physical yeah. problem here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. Let's try it. Famously, the, the <laughs> back is famously the seat of hearing, isn't it, right. you know? But what if you found that out, right? Like, you know, this is the, this is like 1920. Like, we haven't figured out <laughs> medicine yet. Like, it is burgeoning as a thing so like if you're like okay this guy heard a pop and then he stopped being able to hear and then you're like you got a vertebra out of place like it makes sense per the scientific method to be like well let's yes, see if we yes, pop yes. that back in cause and effect let's let's reverse the process here right. yeah, 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 yeah see if that fixes let's wind it. it back yeah right well he says i racked it into possession position by using the spinous process as a lever and soon the man could hear as before. Fucking wild. Yeah. There was nothing accidental about this as it was accomplished with an object in view and the result expected was obtained. There was nothing crude about this adjustment. Adjustment. It was specific so much that no chiropractor has equaled it. Mm. So basically he's like, yeah, I used the scientific method. I, I had a hypothesis and yes, I, yes, you know, yes. tested it and it worked. Right. Uh, Lillard, the man he did this on, for his part reported, quote, I was deaf 17 years and I expected to always remain so, for I had doctored a great deal without any benefit. 
I had long ago made up my mind to not take any more ear treatments, for it did me no good. Last January, Dr. Palmer told me that my deafness came from an injury in my spine. This was new to me, but it is a fact that my back was injured at the time I went deaf. Dr. Palmer treated me on the spine. In two treatments, I could hear quite well. That was eight months ago. My hearing remains good. Okay. Now, I did my damnedest to find anything verifying this that didn't come from a chiropractic site or journal. <laughs> uh, it simply doesn't show up anywhere. <laughs> um, I did find a chiropractic site that claimed to be determining whether it was a myth or a fact, which cited several studies in which people's hearing had improved due to upper cervical spinal manipulation. But all of those studies came from chiropractic journals. Of course. And some of them were published in German, so I couldn't even read them. Of course. I did, however, find a blog post from Edzard Ernst, medical doctor and professor of complementary medicine at the Peninsula Medical School at Exeter, who explained that basic human anatomy... Exeter over here, Exeter, UK. Okay. That very one. Yes. And this guy is like the... He comes up a lot. He's like basically like the leading medical debunker of chiropractics right just super briefly uh, yeah I, I i've never ever been able to wrap my head around that schism of medical practitioners who also study complementary therapy i just can't get my head around it yeah and it happens a lot and you see it especially a lot with nurses um, yeah 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 i'm not entirely sure why that is that feels like another mm. rabbit hole we could go down another day of like why is it that Nurses especially, but there are some other medical practitioners who fall into this stuff. But I mean, uh, like, what was it? I talked about something last month or the month before in January in which, um, you know, there was a, oh, it was the Bigfoot one where it was like, this is like a real scientist. He has made real discoveries. Mm -hmm. And yet he like suspends that entire part of his brain when it comes to Bigfoot you know and so i don't know there's like so or like um dr ben carson who like is one of the dumbest human beings i've ever witnessed in my life but he's a brain surgeon mm. so you know there can be some sort of like schism in that sort of practical application of knowledge and mm. like your dumb brain and what you want to believe <laughs> um yeah yeah i guess it's it's your it's your academic learning versus your heart Right, telling you yeah. what, it, what, what, it, what it believes. I don't know. Right. I don't know. And it is very easy to find things that validate what you want to believe about stuff. Yes, yes you know? <laughs> like, And that was one of the things in, in even trying, like, I came at this with a bias, so I genuinely was, like, reading the other side of this, too. And, like, what do, do chiropractors you, say about this? Do you have any... Do you have any kind of fringe beliefs, any kind of wacky beliefs? Do you have anything that, that you think if if... Do you have any kind of head versus heart beliefs? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think, you know, I've talked about how, like, I can suspend disbelief when I want to believe in, like, ghosts or something like that. If Like, if I'm in a haunted house or something. Like, sure, I, sure, 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 sure. In my head, I know it's not real, but for a time, because I enjoy the feeling of being spooked. Yes. I can kind of convince myself of it. I'm not sure if I have any, like, consistent fringe beliefs though i'm sure here's what i'll say i bet there are things that i have not learned the challenge to yet like chiropractics right like if you asked me 10 years ago if i had a fringe belief i would say no but i did not know this was not a real thing right i see yeah okay Um, okay okay i don't do you do you have like a a a heart (sighs) thing that you 
I, I honestly don't real... believe I do. You know, I honestly don't think mm -hmm. I do. Um, yeah. If if anything, I'm probably the opposite, and I'm I'm too ready to disbelieve things. I don't right, believe yeah, anything yeah. really. <laughs> you yeah, you start at that's not real. Yeah, my, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 really. Whether really. or not it is, your my foundational is principle skepticism. is fucking prove it or fuck off. Right, 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 right. Mm. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I think I tend to. There's a degree to which. I'm both ends of that thing, you know, where it's like, mm. I think I'll, if I hear something that sounds sus, yes, I'm going to assume, you know, fuck yeah. off yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but also I'm like, you know, if it's like, ah, that could be a thing like acupuncture, right? I'm not going to outright be like, no, it's bullshit. I'm like, I need to read about whether it's bullshit or not <laughs> like yeah. before I make that decision, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's an interesting question. I'll, I'll think on that more. I wonder if there are. Do please. Maybe like, and again, this is a, it's like a, in my head, I don't believe it. So of course I don't believe it, but um, I have sports superstitions for sure. Like Okay, okay, okay. Rituals, yeah. good luck. Yeah, and like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. the kinds of thing where it's like, if I turn on a game and they're winning and they start losing, I have to turn it off because like clearly <laughs> I have cursed it, you know, things yeah. like that. Like, of course that's not true, mm. um, but like... You know, it's like very sort of ingrained in me as someone who was an athlete my whole life to have <laughs> various yeah, uh, yeah, superstitions yeah. around that stuff. So maybe like that. It's it's but. something I'll, I'll definitely throw out to to listeners. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love you to chime in. I mean, obviously, because you're listening to Jack of All Graves, you're <laughs> rational, uh, yeah. level headed, very, very sexually attractive and witty <laughs> uh, kind of people of science. But yeah. that said, do you have just these fucking little certainties, these little beliefs that your head and your heart can't quite reconcile. I love that. I'll just leave yeah. that with you. Yeah, please do tell us. Mm. I would absolutely love that. I have a feel like a lot of people that's like, I think astrology is probably the biggest one. You know, a yeah, lot of yeah, people yeah. who otherwise are very rational and reasonable for whatever reason, astrology is their, their like spot that they simply yep. can't, they can't yep. get past <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, but yeah, very curious as to people out there. What's your, what's your thing? If you mm. have one or one mm. you used to have, you know, super interested in that. <clears throat> so, like I said, I was trying to find these things. Couldn't find anyone who was not a chiropractor who said that this event, um, you know, ever happened. And then I find Edzard Ernst from Exeter, who, like I said, is is a leading debunker. He's run all of the like really major studies um, surrounding like debunking chiropractics, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, so he's apparently got a little bee in his bonnet about that. Good for him. Um, so basically he explained that human anatomy basically foils the story outright. He explains, quote, the nerve supply of the inner ear, the bit that enables us to hear, does not, like most other nerves of our body, run through the spine. It comes directly from the brain. The acoustic nerve is one of the 12 cranial nerves. So if like all things <laughs> that you could yes. like pretend you cured with someone from manipulating yeah. their spine, literally it's not connected. <laughs> it is one of Just 12 nerves yep. that is not connected at all to your spine. Um, so obviously a spinal adjustment would do jack shit. And apparently even D.D. Palmer's daughter disputed that this story literally happened as told. In her telling of the incident, quote, her father told her that he was telling jokes to a friend in the hall outside Palmer's office, and Palmer, who had been reading, joined them. When Lillard reached the punchline, Palmer laughed heartily, slapped Lillard on the back with the hand holding the heavy book he had been reading, and a few, day a few days later, Lillard told Palmer that his hearing seemed better. 
Palmer then decided to explore manipulation as an expansion of his magnetic healing practice. Simon said the compact was that if they can make something of it, then they both would share. But it didn't happen. So this is like literally the foundation of chiropractic. It's cited on legitimate chiropractic websites all over the internet. Uh, and there's pretty much no way it happened. It's obvious it didn't happen. You don't have to be an expert to be able to tell this is 20th century snake oil hogwash. Sure, 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 sure. But it's cited as yeah. real evidence that spinal adjustments are miracle cures. I mean, all over the place. When you look at these major chiropractic websites, they trace it back to this, which is bonkers to me. <laughs> and this feels to me as though something that even the, the, the therapies that we've mentioned just here, reflexology, acupuncture, uh, chiropractic, it, it's, it's this fucking fallacy that any one part of your body can act as like task manager for the rest of your body. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's just exactly. balls. It's just yeah. complete balls. It would be great if that were how it worked. Like, mm. oh, just like hit this button on yeah. your hand and all of a sudden like your head starts working better or whatever. Doesn't work I saw a way. product, in fact, advertised this week that was uh, uh, a, a reflexology shoe insert, right? <laughs> that you can mold depending on where your area of concern is. Is, right. is it your circulation? Is it your blood pressure? And uh, it'll just fix it because you'll have that particular part of, of your course. foot stimulated and fuck off. <laughs> and again, I can see how, like, you know, there is a degree of something that would work in that, right? Like, yeah. you know, if you have like back pain or something for example sometimes that's about how you walk right yes. and like so you put some reflexology thing in your shoe and all of a sudden you're like see like mm. you know now uh, i don't have the issues with my back that i had before and stuff mm. like that um you know and there's a, it's not going to lower your blood pressure or whatever unless there is some unrelated thing that it's doing you know what systems are connected we have one body nothing is like operating on its own uh but again it's about the like the broadness of the claims that are being made it's not to say that things can't do something it's to say they can't do everything <laughs> which is what these things tend to sort of assert uh, so there's been a battle between chiropractic and traditional medicine pretty much since its founding, uh, which you can probably imagine considering its dubious origins. Chiropractors argue that the American Medical Association fought hard to suppress alternative medicine like chiropractic because it posed a competitive threat to their business. Mm. And you still hear that today when it comes to homeopath homeopathy and the like. You know, the doctors don't want you to know this one weird yeah, trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, I love that. It would cut into all their big pharma money, right? It's the exact same principle. Uh, <laughs> um, on on that, right? You know, variations of that phrase just keep getting used in clickbait ads. Yes. <laughs> um, one of my recent favorites is use this one simple trick to completely empty your bowels. <laughs> Great. Next to like a picture of an old banana. <laughs> I feel like, you know, it's a thing naturally you just do, but okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to lie. My I, one weird trick is to going to the bathroom. Just going for a big dump. <laughs> it, it's incredible like you know if you need Doctors one weird him. trick to help you empty your bowels like it's time for a colonoscopy that's <laughs> really? that's a yeah, signal yeah, yeah. of a whole Flush different problem but mm. a, a big part of a lot of this stuff too is convincing you 
that you have problems you don't, that you're full of toxins that need to be cleansed oh, yeah. from you in various yes. ways, right? So buy this supplement, wear this, you know, insert, you know, whatever the case may be to cleanse you mm. of all your, you know, bad juju inside of you <laughs> that is yeah. causing all of this stuff. Um, it's a wonderful book uh, just there to my left by Dr. Ben Goldacre called Bad Science. Um, mm. Which y- y- the the second you mention that word toxins, just <laughs> every toxins, alarm bell should be ringing, yes. right? Because you know they 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 don't exist. Yeah, toxins, chemicals, you know, all these mm. kinds of things are like just they're impurities. Impurities oh, yeah. is it made? Yeah, know. yeah, like they're all words that people use that like either are meaningless or are meaningless within that context. Yes, <laughs> you know, like everything is a chemical. Yes. So, yeah, you're going to be filled with chemicals. Otherwise, you're, like, dead. Like, I yep. don't know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it all kind of comes from the same sort of thought process. And there could be some truth in this claim that, like, doctors, me- traditional medicine didn't want competition. Um, that's, like, it's not <laughs> beyond the pale to think that, uh, you know, doctors wouldn't like people fucking them off for some dude who claims he can cure them by manipulating their magnetic field. Yeah, that yeah, could be yeah, a problem. Yeah. That I can but, bite, yeah. <laughs> Right? Like, that's understandable. But there's also no denying that a huge part of the problem was chiropractic practitioners masquerading as medical doctors when they absolutely were not. In fact, until 1920, chiropractors could actually be jailed for misrepresenting themselves as doctors. Good. But, but <laughs> that changed when a law was passed making it so they could indeed call themselves doctors as long as they didn't say they were doctors of medicine. I see. Yes. Again, it's the not that kind of doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Situation. I think the word <laughs> doctor is 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 devalued. <laughs> it's maybe got its uses are a little broader than mm. are useful at least in some in some areas, you know. I mean, you know when you go to a, a university what kind of doctor you're dealing with. You know yes. when you go to a hospital what kind of doctor you're dealing with. But there's a lot of other kinds. That are yes. out there, probably more than most people realize there are. You know, a, a, a popular pro wrestler spent the best part of his career calling himself the doctor of thugonomics, for God's sake. Well, thugonomics is not. You got to go to a lot of, of school for that. You do, you do, yeah. Do you know how much training is involved? From, from the streets. School of the streets. <laughs> exactly. School of hard knocks, bro. Uh, <laughs> now, according to the National Board of Chiropractic Education, mm. training includes four years of undergrad followed by three to five years of chiropractic college, followed by a clinical internship. And just for the record, that's three years less school than I had to go to (laughs) for my degrees. It takes longer to be qualified to teach an undergrad, a pop culture course, than to become a chiropractic doctor. Yeah. But anyway, I won't read off all the courses, but the NBCE lists off the typical coursework one can expect in their studies. First year includes things like general anatomy, palpation, don't know what that is. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no. I think palpation is the art of... It's like of when you, like, press on. Just having a dig right? around. Yeah. Having a bit of a feel of right. rummage. I'm going to, like, palpate my... <laughs> Ooh, fireworks. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's... Rummageology, yeah, isn't it? Rummageology. Yes, exactly yes. that. So palpation is amongst their classes. Uh, human biochemistry, fundamentals of nutrition, neuroanatomy and neurophysiology, and chiropractic principles and procedures. Second year includes courses like pharmatoxology, okay. not pharmacology, pharmatoxology, uh, uh. 
pathology. Which is which is which is what then? I'm not a chiropractor. Study of chemical poisons. <laughs> what would that be? Is that the yeah? Place? I'm. I mean, I think it's probably supposed to be like pharmacology. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know how those things affect you. I guess. Hmm. I did not see this come up in. I looked at other medical practices and their, you know, things that they learn, and pharmacology did not come up on any other one <laughs> aside hmm. from chiropractors. Um, it could be in other things. I just simply did not see it. So I assume this is special. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Pathology, clinical microbiology, imaging interpretation, and nutritional assessment. And the third year wraps up with courses like pediatrics, dermatology, obstetrics, and gynecology, di- and diagnostic imaging interpretation, which is a lot of really varied stuff to take in one year. Stuff other medical professionals spend years on individually. Yep. You're not going to have a semester where you have pediatrics, dermatology, and OBGYN courses. (laughs) Those are pretty specialized. You're kind Um, of breezing through all of those topics there, aren't you? Yeah. Mm. Yes, exactly. And just for comparison, training to become a pediatrician requires at least 11 years of schooling, including undergrad, four years of med school, and at least three years of pediatric residency, followed by several additional years of training in a pediatric specialty like neonatology or pediatric cardiology. Mm. Their training will be at least 12,000 to 14,000 patient care hours, where chiropractors are required to have about 800 contact hours over their two terms of internship in Mm. preparation. So in part because of the contentious nature of the relationship between chiropractic and traditional medicine, and in part just because of the nature of what chiropractic is and where it came from, the field has a tendency to see rejection of traditional medicine. Anti-vax beliefs are common amongst chiropractors. Um, A push towards homeopathic remedies is common, like my chiropractor and the, uh, you know, the acupuncture. Um, The belief that you can fix things like diabetes and immune system disorders with chiropractic is a Mm. huge current trend. Diabetes Uh, is a big one at the moment. Absolutely wild to me. In fact, Naomi Klein is currently talking about how uh you know yoga moms and fucking new age new age health buffs are very 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 susceptible uh Mm -hmm. to fringe right-wing ideology Mm -hmm. like all kinds of stuff god read doppelganger it is so fucking good it It is it is great it is is like all of your concerns about the world naomi Mm -hmm. is going to address them um excellent (laughs) it's really good uh but yeah for you know, the belief that you can fix fix things like this is, is huge with this. And, and it's clearly dangerous because, like I said, for the average person, there's no reason for them to not trust their chiropractor. They think they're a doctor who's gone to med school. So if they say the COVID vaccine is doing dangerous things to your body or that big pharma is just trying to sell you insulin you don't need, why wouldn't you believe them? They present themselves as the only trustworthy medical professionals in the field when they are not, in fact, medical professionals. And this goes all the way back to Palmer himself, who considered distrust of vaccines a core tenet of chiropractics and referred to them as poison. So it is not, you know, (laughs) it's a feature, not a bug. Further, in The Guardian, Dr. Ernst noted that the dangers of chiropractic are underreported, making it so that chiropractors can create a falsely positive picture about the safety of their treatments. 
Anyone who's ever seen an American pharmaceutical ad knows that if any adverse effects occur during medical trials, they need to be reported. I love, you know I love American pharmaceutical <laughs> I know they're your they're favorite great. thing. Yeah, and the thing about them is like, yeah, you get that long list of like all the ways yeah, yeah, in yeah. which you can be harmed by this medication. But yep. that doesn't mean that this medication causes that, of right? Course. It just means that someone during this trial had this happen to them. So, you know, if someone dies of old age <laughs> while they're taking this pill, they have to list that as a potential side effect, yes. whether or not it was actually caused by this. Because it's like, this this happened while this was going on. Um, but uh, according to Ernst and his team, they collected data from 60 randomized controlled trials of chiropractic carried out from January 2000 to July 2011. They found that 29 of the studies failed to mention any adverse effects of the treatment. And of the 31 trials where adverse effects were reported, 16 actually reported that none had occurred during the study when they published it. So the adverse effects that did occur in the studies for sure were never published, which is unethical per medical publishing guidelines. Mm. And allows for chiropractors to proclaim their procedures 100% safe. And you see this even on the big health sites like Healthline and WebMD and Mayo Clinic. Because adverse effects aren't reported in their publishing of the studies, they all say that there's little risk. And that's simply not true. Mm -hmm. Ernst looked at hundreds of case studies and found that about 50% of patients seeing chiropractors have adverse effects. Ooh. Half. Wow. <laughs> if two people go to the chiropractor, statistically one of them is going to have a bad wow result. Right. Mm. <laughs> and Ernst found that in addition to uh, these fairly mild adverse effects, which basically are pain at the site of manipulation and referred pain sometimes, which only lasts one or two days, we have about five to seven hundred cases of severe complications being reported. And this next paragraph is absolutely staggering to me. So I'm just going to read this straight how the article put it. <laughs> With extreme chiropractic movement of the neck, an artery can disintegrate and lead to a stroke, an outcome that is well documented in medical literature. We only see what is being published, and that can only be the tip of the iceberg, said Ernst. Some neurologist sees a stroke, and he finds out that this is associated with chiropractic. In 99.9% .9 of the cases, he won't publish that. Mm. What? Mm. Like, they see people having strokes from chiropractic procedures and they just don't mention it, which is insane. Mm. So we, we have no way of knowing how many people this has happened to. Weirdly, The Guardian asked the British Chiropractic Association for comment and they were just like, nah, no thanks. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I imagine the strategy here is to try to not Streisand affect things. Like, mm. if they just ignore it rather than responding, they figure it'll go away, uh, which it kind of did <laughs> like i said even the normally vigilant medical websites don't mention any of this another study by american neurosurgeons found over 500 documented cases of a patient suffering a stroke after receiving neck manipulation by a chiropractor oh, many of God. whom died oh, afterwards they died just from this the, that is chilling to me right you know like you, horrifying you you, you Book in with who you, somebody who you think is a medical practitioner, who you think is your fucking trustworthy, your spine in their hands. You right. get fucking palpated and manipulated and you have a fucking stroke there and then. 
right? It's <clears throat> horrifying. Um, and a lot of them, the thing is that it like takes a little while. So it's like they go home mm. and it happens. And so, you know, basically chiropractors argue this is just a coincidence. You know, people have strokes all the time. So there's no way to prove that it's really their fault uh -huh. in their eyes. In 2001, The Guardian asked UK neuro neurologists to report cases referred to them of neurological complications occurring with 20, within 24 hours of cervical spine manipulation over a 12-month period. 74% of the uh, neurologists they asked responded, reporting 35 patients suffering, quote, severe adverse events that they suspected were caused by such an adjustment. As the article put it, the number may look small, but the really important finding of our survey was that none of these complications had ever been reported anywhere, which means that the extent of the underreporting was exactly 100 percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one is ever reporting when a chiropractic adjustment causes death to people. Good God. Insane. Good yeah. God. So what chiropractic is good for is exactly what you'd expect it to be good for. Essentially, pain relief. Healthline lists back pain, neck pain, whiplash, um, sciatica, osteoarthritis, scoliosis, and headaches and migraine. Although they acknowledge there actually isn't enough research to show that they can help with this. And research has shown primarily that it's likely a placebo effect. It cannot help you with headaches and migraine, but it can make you think that it is. Yep, which I can bite. Yeah. And, you know, from a, a scientific perspective, chiropractors are equipped to help with those forms of pain. And this can be really important because other forms of treatment can be expensive as fuck, uh, whereas a lot of insurance covers regular chiropractic adjust adjustments. Um, it can also help reduce the need for opioids for pain relief. And mm. I think we know why that's a good thing. Yes, <laughs> you know? of course. Much better to have people going to a chiropractor uh, than taking opioids and ending up addicted to drugs. Um, so some things chiropractors claim to be able to heal, though, include stuff like asthma, tinnitus, diabetes, high blood pressure, arthritis, <laughs> bone tumors, and weak immune systems. Uh, and in British Columbia, chiropractors had to be legally barred from flame claiming they could fix pregnancy prob problems like breech babies by actively just turning them around in the womb. Here in the U.S., chiropractors make plenty of unfounded claims about what they can do to heal children of issues like ADHD, nocturnal enuresis, infant colic, and asthma, along with claiming the ability to boost a child's immune system. Fuck that. Which is another one of those catchphrases absolutely. that is absolutely yep. meaningless. Yep. You yep. cannot yep. boost your immune system. If mm -hmm. your immune system doesn't work, you need to go to an immunologist yeah, and yeah, yeah. find out if you have an underlying disorder that makes it What are you going to do? Like You're going to fucking palpate my white blood cells. Are you? Is that <laughs> right. what you're going to do? Yeah, exactly. Um, but they do this on literal babies. A yeah. high school friend of mine legit has a chiropractic practice just for babies. And every time she posts a video of her doing an, an adjustment on their tiny bodies, I want to puke. It's horrifying. The American Chiropractic, Chiropractic Association claims, quote, poor posture and physical injury, including birth trauma, may be common primary causes of illness in children and can have a direct and significant impact not only on spinal mechanics, but on other bodily functions. Uh -huh. And naturally, chiropractic can fix all that. Love that. 
There is simply no evidence that this is the case, though. And with the underreporting of dangerous chiropractic effects, the last thing I would want to do if I had a kid was to hand them over to someone with 800 hours of training and let them fuck with their spine. Exactly. Fuck out of here. Absolutely not. So when it comes down to it, if, if going to the chiropractor and having your shit cracked once a week makes your pain go away and you can afford to get it done, fucking do it. You know, as someone with chronic pain, I would love if someone could make me feel better for a little while. But for the love of God, don't believe them when they tell you they can heal you of anything other than aches and pains. They absolutely cannot do it. There's no scientific evidence they can do that. Further, there is a medical practice that is often covered by your insurance that can do what chiropractic can and help you with long-term pain management. Physiotherapy. Yes. The unsung heroes of the medical field. Doctors of physical therapy are trained specifically to be able to help people with injuries, disabilities, and other conditions that would normally require surgery and prescription drugs, according to the American Physical Therapy Association. Their goal is not just to treat pain, but to prevent it long term, often giving patients treatment plans that they carry out at home, not just in the office. Thus, you don't just leave with your back cracked, but with a method for strengthening your body on your own so that you eventually don't need to keep coming back to them. Mm -hmm. The goal in physical therapy is not to need physical therapy, (laughs) whereas chiropractics is expected to be ongoing. Like, how old is Owen? Oh, he's 10. He's doing chiropractics for 10 years? Like, she hasn't been going to the chiropractor for 10 years, but this is this is always my response when she comes back and suggests, you know, says that the chiropractor has been recommending her particular foods to eat. Well, of course <laughs> she fucking does. You know what I mean? She needs the income stream. She needs you coming back. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, te- Let me tell you the other things that I yeah, can please, help please, you please. with so that you mm. keep coming to me. Exactly. You know, even when your pain subsides, why are you going to exactly. come here? Oh, well. <laughs> um, I, I am on the brink of and i'm almost wary of saying this right because you know i've got ongoing sleep issues right that still hasn't mm-hmm. gone away yeah right, right. Uh, I'm, I'm managing it like i said through over the counter means right. but a good friend of mine has recommended hypnotherapy mm. right mm-hmm. and uh, just saying the word is is <laughs> triggering every fucking bullshit alarm in my body nah, 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 right. hypnotherapy is bullshit but um, the 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 guy who recommended it to me is is a rational man, you know. Sure, yeah. Uh, so I I I feel as though I might give that a crack. Do it. Why not? Yeah. Let's see. Let's see if it fixes you. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I mean, they're not going to touch you during hypnotherapy. You know, <laughs> they're not going to break your body. That's so, true. So you know, there's really that's like a. It's a no harm, no foul kind of situation yeah. unless you think it's going to, like, cure cancer or something exactly, like that, exactly, right? Like, exactly. if someone tells you hypnosis is going to cure your diabetes, like, then yeah, of course, of course. don't fucking do it. Someone tells you, like, maybe it'll help you with your sleep issues. Probably not, but maybe. Exactly. <laughs> there's, there's very little risk there. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, give me another tool in my arsenal? Sure. Mm. You know, worst case scenario, it doesn't work. And you have a good story to tell about the time some guy tried to hypnotize you. (laughs) You know? Um, Yeah, there's stuff like that. Like, it's like, eh, it's quackery probably. But again, I haven't researched hypnotherapy. I don't know the bounds of what it does. Mm. So (laughs) I'm not going to outright say it can't help you. Uh, And in in this case, you know, having done... uh, 
chiropractics and done physio, I found physio to be a lot more helpful and caused me 100% fewer migraines. Mm. Uh, but I'm not here to tell you how to treat your pain, just to say, hey, this practice came from absolute quackery, quackery and often claims to be able to deliver far more than is physiologically possible and is potentially more dangerous than a cursory is chiropractic, chiropractic safe search is going to turn up. And you should be probably be aware of that before your vertebral, vertebral artery dissolves. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's you cold know. outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. <laughs> yeah. You wanna... <laughs> uh, yes, I will. I will, in fact. I will bring us in. Welcome, friends. Uh, pull up a chair, won't you please? Sit down for your weekly meal of lead and microplastics as we uh, lift up the rock and see what the fuck is wriggling around under it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the rock is earth and we are humanity beneath it. So let's take a little look at what the fuck has gone wrong in the world this week. Um, listen, uh, i tell you what the great thing is about Joag, right? Okay. Not just about the cast, but about the experience of what it, of, of being a Joag listener, right? Ooh, okay. Now, a thing you know a lot about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> what I assume is a great thing about, about yeah. being a Joag listener. See, mm -hmm. what you get... Uh, as as a Joag listener is the certainty that any week now we're gonna blow the fuck up, right? <laughs> any fucking any time, time now, now, right? Any, I mean it. Any any mm -hmm. fucking given day, we're gonna could become be serial. That we blow the fuck on up, right? Mm -hmm. So what you get, as well as the insight, as well as the cultural exchange, as well as the you know, as well as the shared fucking experience of being on the Joag journey with us, what you also get is knowing that when it happens, you will have been there from mm. the fucking, you know what I mean? You were in on the ground floor. Early adopters. Yes. Um, well, I say early adopters. I mean, we're fucking four or five, four years, four in years into this. Yeah, but, right. But if you're on the Joag journey now, right, mm. you get a sense of just real superiority of uh, over the millions who will join us later <laughs> right so yeah. put that in your little pocket yeah bank that yeah. just chuck that in your Save bag for a rainy, rainy day, day. <laughs> don't know what that is joined in anyway liked it it's uh, oh, good it's convincing uh, thank you yes because maybe this will be the week maybe this will be the week that we go fucking supernova and you were here, you are the OGs, right? You are the fucking mm. diehards, the true believers, the actual, we're the, we're, you're the, you're the listeners that we really want. It's true. Right? And the when good we ones. get massive, maybe this week, <laughs> when the millions follow, fuck them. Right. Fuck our future fan base. <laughs> you're the ones that we like. That's right. Yeah, so welcome to Jack of All Graves, friends, and we welcome. hope everyone's well. Have you ever seen Princess Diaries? No. Princess Diaries has come up a lot this week for whatever reason, and the song that I was singing, Catch a Falling Star, 
uh, features in that movie in a brief scene. You know, there's like a choir that like, we're going to do Catch a Falling. And then they all catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. For some reason, like all week, (laughs) Princess Diaries has been coming up. And now it's like I've had all these things that I need to do. But all I want to do is 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 watch Princess Diaries. Well, then you should. I should. I should just neglect my responsibilities you know. and sit down and, in, and enjoy the antics of Princess Via Thermopolis of Genovia. Yeah, well, so. I've, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've long been convinced that the only way to rid yourself of an earworm is to listen to the song that it's you true. can't get rid of. Yeah, exactly that. And that's I that's no science reason. right there. Yes, indeed. Uh, I see no reason to, to think that it would be any different for a movie that you can't get out of your head. Just watch right, the goddamn movie. Just watch it. Just get, I mean, I did that with Frequency last week, and that was such an amazing yeah. choice. I'm still high off of it. I, I might watch it again. You know? Why not? Wow. It's. Oh, I just fucking love it so much. But anyway. It just, it, it just feels like the most disposable bit of film that Lies. you get hung up on. No. What? Frequency has zero cultural impact. Like, none. Lies. That is a lie. (laughs) That's well. I think the thing about frequency, I'm going to kind of give you that. But okay, good. Please do continue talking. Listen, you can't say something like that and expect (laughs) me not to defend the classic that is the 2000 film Frequency. The thing about Frequency is everyone thinks they're the only person who's ever seen it and loves it. And then you start talking to people, and they're like, "No, I fucking love Frequency." So it has this like weird thing where it's like nobody saw it in the theater. Everyone saw it on DVD like three years later and we're like, holy mm. shit, I love this movie. And then everyone thinks it's like their their own thing. Like, hell yeah, I just love this movie frequency. And then as soon as you talk to like a group of people, everyone's like, yeah, goddamn, that was a great movie. So it's like got like low key cultural impact. It's like everyone's okay. little movie. It's in the, the cultural kind of threads. Yes, it's in the, it's exactly. In the, in the fabric as opposed mm-hmm. to in the headlines. Right. Precisely. I would. Frequency has more impact than Avatar. Fight me. (laughs) (laughs) Time will tell. Uh, (laughs) Time will fucking tell on that. But Princess Diaries has a lot of cultural impact. And one of my favorite experiences of this was when I was teaching, um, I gave an exam. And the thing about my exams is like, you know, I always wanted people to like actually learn stuff. So I was pretty like I gave them a study guide with the actual questions on it. And then I was like, anything you can fit on a note card, bring that in. So like people will be writing in tiny writing, like all the answers, their whole essays and stuff like that on note cards. Like, fine. But there were like a couple of things that would always trip people up. One of which was that I would ask them, um, you know, about the president who was assassinated Um you know this particular president. I don't remember how I phrased the question, but the answer, um, of course, was James A. Garfield. And without fail, there was always like a dozen people who would answer Andrew Garfield, to which I would write, <laughs> that Spider-Man on all of their papers. Um, but one semester, the same exam, uh, someone was talking about royalty somewhere or talking about another country, but they wrote Genovia, to which I had the pleasure of going, that's the made up country from Princess Diaries. That's not real. Mm. And I still, oh, I treasure that moment to this day. It's like the just a really gratifying teaching moment for uh, me. The same person who I mentioned earlier who was into reflexology mm. is the same person who confused the American state of Atlanta with the lost oh, no. city of Atlantis. 
and refused to Phenomenal. answer the, somebody's query about kind of you know call charges or, or fucking whatever because she thought they were taking the piss because she thought they were because <laughs> she thought they were trying to get her to give her oh, information that's amazing. on calling Atlantis yeah. <laughs> this is me and the swans all over again which mm. is another one of my favorite moments in, in our journey as friends was that we were talking in a direct message and I said something about how like something about not thinking swans are real or whatever. And I was like, I, you thought I was kidding. And then I told you this story about when I said to my friends, like, oh, those animatronic swans are really cool at Disneyland. And they were like, those are real. And I was like, swans aren't real. And they were like, what the fuck? And your response was like, I was not ready to find this out. <laughs> I didn't know swans were real until I was 21. It is what it is. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to send you a hedgehog in the mail. <laughs> I am not going to lie. I was Googling today, do. are hedgehogs good pets? <laughs> uh, ooh, are they? Uh, somewhat. Are they? Somewhat. They're apparently fairly low maintenance, yeah. uh, but they are spiky. Yeah. Um, and they are prone to things like lice and salmonella, which is they not great. Are absolute fucking hives of ticks. They yeah, which absolutely. But it's not like ticks. you're letting them run around. So I feel like if they're in your house, it'd be really weird if they got ticks. Mm. But also, like they can be very cuddly, but only if you get them within like the first six to eight weeks, then they start to become very solitary. I and see. the other thing is they're nocturnal, so you yes. don't want to keep them anywhere near where you're sleeping, or mm. they will keep you up all night. I already have a dog that does that, so I don't need a pet that does mm. that. I think guinea pigs is going to be the next thing. I want guinea pigs. Guinea pigs are excellent. Uh, I love guinea pigs. No, they're great, particularly the noise they make. Do you no, know what noises guinea squeak. pigs make? Wee, wee, <laughs> so precious. Yeah, How are the um, mice, by the way? Oh, doing great. One pissed on my hand earlier, so that's uh, cool. Classic mice. Classic mouse behavior. <laughs> Uh, but they're hale and hearty. They're healthy. They're socialized. They're they're good pets. Much to your, uh, I'm to the, I'm glad this is not your... yeah not my experience. But I'm very glad that it's going better for you. Um, back to guinea pigs. Super briefly. I, Ooh, please. Uh, no way of verifying this, but I have been told that if you have several guinea pigs, you can train them to walk uh, behind you in a line. Yeah. There's I follow an Instagram account that like mm. they train their guinea pigs to do this and it's the cutest right. thing and then they'll like they'll come across an obstacle awesome. and they'll all leap in their little <laughs> lines over the the obstacle it's just oh so cute i fucking love guinea pigs yeah, yeah i think that's gonna be the next pet in the edmondson household but you know and, we'll see. uh delicious by all accounts too i have heard that but i'm not interested mm. in eating a guinea pig just... where do they eat guinea pigs is it peru i want to say i feel like it's somewhere in south america yeah yeah there's just, I have learned this about myself. I think I mentioned this before, but that like when I was, when I ate meat, I realized that I do have, you know, I've seen things slaughtered in front of me and been fine and all that kind of stuff. But there are certain animals that just like, I can't override the like, that's a pet or things like that yeah. when eating like rabbit and such. Or, or when I tried to eat a frog, I love frogs too much and I, I just could not, it was horrifying. Uh, guinea pig consumption is actually on the rise. Interesting. Yes. I guess they're probably really easy to farm raise. Yeah. In fact, my friend Hugh worked on a guinea pig farm when we were oh. in high school. Uh, and ever since then, he like refuses to acknowledge the existence of guinea pigs. He hates guinea pigs. <laughs> so there's too many guinea pigs. <laughs> uh, but no, I'd endorse that. If you wanted to keep some guinea pigs, I'd be all up for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, Jack of All Graves is the podcast you're listening to, the podcast that will not eat a guinea pig, but will keep them in their home. Actually, fuck off. I would happily eat a guinea pig. Mm, okay, well, fine. Uh, the podcast where half 50% of us, of us would us eat a guinea pig, yes. Would eat a guinea pig. Would you and eat a guinea pig, listeners? Just, <laughs> the other half would just love a guinea pig. Have you eaten? Surely the fuck one of our listeners has at mm. some point eaten a guinea pig. I don't, know. I don't you know, know what we're, the statistical we're, we're, We cultivate prevalence. a cultured fan base. People who, you know, travel worldly, sure. erudite, adventurous. Yeah. Have you ever been to South America? Uh, no, I've not. Me neither. It's, I've got two continents left. It's mm. South America and Antarctica. You're not going to go to Antarctica, surely. Oh, I am going to Antarctica. This has been a con- like, I have somehow like inceptioned this idea into Keo's head now. And yeah. now he is like convinced we're going to go to Antarctica. But the other night on Wheel of Fortune, one of the prizes was like a National Geographic cruise to Antarctica. Mm. And I was like, let's just see how much this cost. And, you know, when they said the value, I had a value of $20,000. And I just started mm. laughing hysterically. I'm like, it's going to. We're gonna need some time to save up to go to Antarctica. <laughs> I I I worry about how the cold would affect your tissues. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't. The cold isn't too bad. Heat no. is usually what fucks me up. Okay. Uh, you know. But I just I would like to see an emperor penguin before there are no emperor penguins. Yeah. Yeah. After before we climate change them to death, I would like to see a penguin that's as tall as I am. That's that's what I, I want. That. I, I had to remind myself then, but you aren't tall, are you? That's like, <laughs> a, that's like a pretty big penguin. <laughs> I think maybe they don't get quite my height, but I think they get like four feet or something like that. So I would awesome. like, uh, you know, the, a penguin and I could do the chin test. You know, yeah, if I yeah, hugged yeah. a penguin, it would like yeah. just get right. Oh, it'd be so, so cute. Ah. Yeah. I would like to do that in my lifetime. I don't doubt that you will, because it's, that's it's the kind of gal happen. you are. That is the kind of gal I am. This mm. is as I wrote in everyone's yearbooks in high school. You know, find what you're following and chase it down. Nice. God damn it! I didn't write yep. the god damn it part. I didn't used to swear when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, hey, uh, just a reminder: we have a watch along at the end of this month. Twenty fourth. So we're just of March. yeah. We're just getting it out there now because we are such good planners and have been using our calendar the 23rd of March. Whoops, 23rd of March, Saturday the 23rd of March. (laughs) We'll be Um, watching The Fly. Yep, spoke about this very movie to Sam, my good friend Sam, uh, who I met up with in London yesterday. Uh, And just all of the reasons why it's perfect, all of the reasons why it's brilliant and a perfect, perfect, perfect watch on movie. Uh, So that's going to be a banger, friends. So if you've not done one before, if you've not joined us for one before, this is the one. This This is is your time. Um, I'm not. This is your time. This This is is your dance. I was hoping you'd somehow catch the. Uh, I was going for the the Michael W. Smith song, Christian contemporary artist Michael W. Smith song about Cassie Bernal, the girl that became famous for being a Christian during Columbine, but then it turned out the whole thing was a myth. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I went instead with Perfect Moment, uh, which was sang by Martin McCutcheon from EastEnders. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Hey, what's Emmerdale? Is that like a, does that have murders? (laughs) 
No, does it fuck? Oh. Emma, well, it's a soap opera, yeah. Sure. Um, there have been, yeah, I mean, there have been murders in Emmerdale, but it's it's a, a, a soap opera about rural folk in mm. rural Yorkshire, I want to say. It is Yorkshire, um, I know that much, because it, it came up on House of Games, but the clue about it sounded as if it were something more, like, mystery-oriented. Um, well, all all you you need to know about Emmerdale really is it, it it's now called Emmerdale. It was originally called Emmerdale Farm. <laughs> I can see why they changed that. Yes, it did change to Emmerdale. Um, and it, yeah, it's 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 the rural soap opera. It's the mm. the, the kind of the uh, yeah that's 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 all it is. Okay, listen. This past week. For some reason, after all these years, you know, I constantly ask you weird questions, but you do. Uh, <laughs> now you've started equating me to those videos of Jonathan Frakes. Yep. <laughs> and... I can't believe I can't believe I've never done it before. It's just perfect. <laughs> and now every time I ask you a weird question, I'm like, um, <laughs> I'm doing it again, <laughs> but I'm going to continue doing it. It's no, just I'm aware of it, it now. I uh, it so, yes, you. we have that. We have that coming up. Um and book club of course will be in two weeks and this book someone has already started reading it it's called shutter s-h-u-t-t-e-r you can see that on jackfallgraves.com slash book club but one of the members of the book club who started reading it read one chapter and was like holy shit this is already amazing so Mm. i am very excited it's by an indigenous author one of three indigenous authors we're reading this this year so i'm really excited about that um so jackofallgraves.com slash book club if you want to know more about the book how to become a part of the club all that stuff and we meet on discord and we have an amazing time every single time so do that uh and if you are one of our what's our top tier on ko-fi um great bunch of lads great bunch of lads yeah you're a great bunch of lads Ko-Fi supporter, uh, I will be mailing out things within the next week or two for your quarterly mail. So, you know, if you want to get mail from me, uh, sign up at that tier. And if you already are a member of that, you'll be you'll be getting some nice, uh, yeah, some nice post. Tasty, nice. Mm. Love that. Love that. I don't know about tasty. It's difficult to like know what I can send because sometimes things like get lost in the mail. Like I sent everybody these cool ass pendants that I got at this weird church in Montreal mm. and like half of them came empty. <laughs> so it's like, you gotta be careful with what you try to send in the mail. But so I try to stick with things that are like flat ish <laughs> so that they don't end up falling out or being taken because they look like something cool or whatever. Mm. Uh, I wonder, I wonder what percentage of, of posties are thieves. <laughs> I like to think not a lot, but it certainly does mm. happen a fair yeah. amount, uh, which is, you know, a bummer. It's a very vulnerable thing to send stuff in the mail. Yes, it's also it like is. like it's a, um, a big act of trust, isn't it? Yeah, same with like TSA. Like when you put your luggage through, like yeah. people rifle through it, you know, and you know because they put like you know a little thing in there like hey we went through your shit but like also any they could go through that stuff and you know they do mm. <laughs> there are absolutely people who arrive at their destinations and are like why isn't this thing that was in my bag in there like, vulnerable vulnerable have stuff. you ever had luggage lost you've traveled a lot have you ever had luggage go awry i've had it lost but it has always eventually turned up like when okay. 
when my friends and I went to Ireland um, in 2017, all of our luggage got lost, <laughs> which was a pain in the ass. And it took them like, I think like 48 hours to get it to us, which was a bit of a struggle. <laughs> and you're like in cold weather and stuff like that. And we were from Southern California. We're like, uh, airplane clothes aren't going to cut it. Um, and when I was in college, I remember my luggage getting lost once and it like took days for them to get it back. And then they finally like delivered it like 4 a.m. <laughs> I had to like wander out there in my jammies and go get it. So yeah, not my favorite. Hmm. No, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, what have you watched this week, Corey? I've watched a few y- things. You're picking the slack up this week because I've watched nothing except. Yeah, in... yeah. You have not been in the the movie viewing. No, I've mode. been super busy, super yeah. busy. No matter how many times I tried to bait you into watching something this week, mm. it was you could not be baited. Um, I watched. Let's see. I went and wa- saw Poor Things to finish out my Oscar nominated mm. Best Picture movies. Um, because as I've said, I think on here, I am not going to watch the biopics because I don't hate myself. So no Oppenheimer and no, um, Maestro for me, but Oppenheimer, I watch all the it, other ones. It is exactly what you think it is. Yeah. Right. Like I've read books. I think I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm good on that one. Uh, so I went and saw Poor Things, which is a real mixed bag for me. I think the first like, so it's like, you know, a little over two hours long, I think. And the first like hour and 15 minutes of it is brilliant. Absolutely loved it. I think this movie might have my favorite Mark Ruffalo performance of all time. Um, and then it's like, you know, it's it's obviously a satire about like men's and women's roles and like society and all that kind of stuff. And the second half of the movie insists on telling you that instead of like showing it to you so like the first hour was like very clever and like just showing you these like reversals and things like that and then the second hour was like now let us explain to you what we've been saying i see for this and it and it the last like 20 minutes of it are just like nonsensical Um, (laughs) it's very absurd but basically the story of poor things um is you know (laughs) people have compared it to like frankenhooker um essentially uh emma stone is a woman who has been sort of in some way put together by this surgeon played by Willem Dafoe, who has, you know, a severe deformity. Um, and he lives in a household full of other things that he's cobbled together. You I, know, I strongly like... intend to watch it. So don't. don't yeah. I'm not going to give anything, anything away, cool. of course. Um, but like, you know, just various things he's cobbled together, little Franken monsters all over his house, a half goat, half dog animal, Ooh. things like that, you know. Um, And it's very, like, whimsical and weird, like, definitely takes place in, like, not our world, (laughs) that kind of thing. Um, And as her, like, she starts to mature and things like that, she decides she wants to, like, go on adventures of her own. And so then we're, like, following, you know, this cobbled together woman as she discovers the world. Um, So I won't say any more than that. I think it's worth watching. It's very much, it's like Tim Burton. Okay like all the way through as well. <laughs> the influences are very clear. It's Frankenhooker meets Tim Burton for sure. Um, yeah, it, I think it's worth watching. It's just for me, it's like one hour of it is like brilliant and I would have been like five stars, absolutely. And then it's like, nah. mm. okay, I wish you hadn't gotten like messagey about it because now I feel I'm being pounded over the head with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also watched Lisa Frankenstein. Um... Yeah, I mean, 
eh. It was it was not great. <laughs> mm. It was um, the aesthetic is I don't know. It, it's like it takes place in the 80s, but it doesn't really feel like it at all, except for the music and how they're dressed, you know, but it very much has like a modern sensibility to it. Um, Lisa Frankenstein is the story, another cobbled together human story of uh, a girl whose mother was um, murdered by a serial killer. Uh, and she has uh, basically not spoken much since then. Um, and her father has remarried. And she basically, you know, goes to the graveyard and she says over this grave that she wants to die or whatever. Or she says she wants to be with you, with this person in the grave, meaning she wants to die. But he interprets it as with him and comes and suddenly appears this zombie guy in her home and brings her to life Mm. as she, you know, sort of develops a relationship with this guy. Um, And they begin to cobble him together from various parts to try to fix him from his dead A physical state. relationship because that's creepy. Yeah, yeah it is. It is mm. creepy. Necrophilia, <laughs> Corey. Necrophilia, as they call it. It has ideas. I think it just doesn't execute them super well. I don't I don't really like Diablo Cody so I feel like maybe I'm predisposed towards not liking it for that reason too. I'm just not really into her writing. Um, and then with a first-time director, Zelda Williams, it's, you know, uneven. Yeah, um, it's, you know, it, it's one that I have no intention of seeing. I know exactly what I, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't feel it's anything I'm going to enjoy. I, too, share that antipathy towards Diablo Cody. I don't like the, the kind of, I hate ironic detachment in, in, right. in dialogue and in characters. That's and... very much what this is. Yep, <laughs> Extremely. not for me. Not for me. Yeah. So I don't know. People people like it. Um, it's just not my not my bag, Lisa Frankenstein. Mm. Uh, we watched Dead and Breakfast with the Scream and Chat the other day, which has to be like one of my favorite movies we've ever watched for Scream and Chat before. It seems like a '90s movie, but it's not. It was made in 2004. It stars like Jeremy Sisto and Eric Palladino, um, Diedrich Bader. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Daddy Winchester from Supernatural. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. All these people, and basically, it's about a group of I think they're supposed to be in college, uh, like college age people who are going for like a wedding or something, and it's like a cabin in the woods sort of situation. Uh, and a murder takes place, and pretty soon it's like clear that there is something going on, uh, that is taking over people and causing um, chaos in this little country town. Uh, Oz Perkins is in it, uh, Anthony Perkins' son. Uh, and it was oh. so much fun. It is like uh, it, it's very ridiculous, um, but it's got great practical effects in it. Lots of blood and decapitations and a, a decapitated head that one of the characters carries around and makes it talk like a puppet throughout the movie. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was so much fun. If you're looking for like a really stupid watch, Dead and Breakfast is delightful. Okay, cool. I will actually watch that. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, potato quality. It's just a fun little ride. Nice. Um, and then the other thing I watched was The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. Oh, well, that's a, the title. That's the title. Huh. And you would think that that's like going to be like a, you know, goofy Sharknado type thing or cocaine bear. It's not. It is deadly serious. Takes itself extremely seriously. Stars Sam Elliott. 
uh, and has like a bajillion other like very credible actors in it. Aiden Turner plays him when he's younger. Ron Livingston is in it. Um, and it's like basically about a guy who does those things. He goes to World War II and is basically assigned to kill Hitler and does that. And then it shows him older, uh, sort of lonely old man who has made choices who've, that have left him, you know, alone. Uh, and he is charged then with killing Bigfoot and goes and does that. Um, because Bigfoot has some sort of like contagion that potentially could be world ending. And so they need someone to kill him. And so they send him to do that. It's so bizarre because that's like such an insane premise, but it's taken completely seriously and like very like movingly. Like there's like times where I was like, why am I tearing up while Sam Elliott is fighting Bigfoot? What's going this on sounds here? sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's a very weird, like, I, it's not fantastic, but it's interesting. Like, it's worth watching uh -huh. just because it's such a bizarre movie. Uh -huh. So, yeah, um, the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Nice bunch of watches there, Corey. Yeah. Um. Yes, uh, I, 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 I felt as though I had to give June another watch in, <laughs> in readiness for going sure. back, which I'm going to do this week. And right. Uh, I I won't hear any shit talking about Dune from <laughs> you know it's 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 awesome it's monumental. Uh, I feel like I I'm neutral on Dune basically like I don't hate okay. it it's just also like I did sleep through a good chunk of it and I felt like yeah, I didn't yeah. miss anything but okay. like at the same time like I was like I I'm not like super attached to the story or whatever like I saw Dune when I was a kid. I think we watched it quite a bit in my household, actually. But, like, you know, I'm not super attached to it. So it's, like, one of those things where I'm, like, it's got pretty sounds. Like, I think that was the thing that I was really, like, blown away by. It's beautiful sounds. Yeah, the sound design is incredible. And I remember mm. seeing it and more than anything just being, like, that I have not experienced sound design like this yeah. before. And being, like, yeah, really blown away by it. And people seem to be really liking the the second part. So I'm obviously going to see it. <laughs> and yes. I don't expect to... I think I'll probably, you know, like it fine. Yep. Um, I'm <laughs> kind of... Because it's because it's a long old commitment. Uh, I'm, I'm finding that I'm going to have to pick my moment to see it properly. Catch it too late and I'll fall asleep. Right, yes. Catch it too early <laughs> and, you know, I'll have I'll have to you know miss work <laughs> right um, so yes it's a tactical one it's one of delicate gotta, it's yeah get right yeah <laughs> yeah but i am because you know it is it's a movie event you know everybody's seeing it and exactly all that. and this. i do love that kind of thing where it's like we're all seeing the same thing we're all talking about it and everything that's amongst my favorite mm. sort of shared experiences so i'm looking yes. forward to seeing it this week Yep. Uh, so yes, we shall we shall report back, of course. We will. Yes, naturally. Hopefully, by next week, we'll be able to report back about yep. that film. Yeah. In the meantime. In the meantime. In the Mark, meantime. You came up with a topic this week that out the gate like excited me. I was into it. So uh, this might turn into a rant, right? And I think I only really <laughs> suggested this topic because I, I really you have wanted to, to rant. Because <laughs> I, oh God, I've got to share how much I fucking hate what we're about to talk about. Right, <laughs> let me, let me, I'll preface this, I'll preface it by just telling you, right, that in, in January this year, in Melbourne, right, 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a 14-year-old kid uh, was charged, was arrested and charged after his friend filmed him for social media, of course, pushing a fucking 79-year-old man off a pier into the fucking ocean. Come on. Was right? the guy okay? He was He was saved by, you know, by, you know, passers-by. Jesus Christ. Um, without any, without any attempt to conceal his identity, this kid shared that right, on TikTok. Right, yeah, it's for the internet. He shared it, like. Yes. Even, because I, oh man. From Is his that own how account. they caught him? Yes, yes. Wow. He, he didn't obscure his face, you know, he just openly shared him mm-hmm. just fucking shoving this old guy into the fucking sea from Jesus a pier. Christ. Incredible. Yeah. LOL. Uh, yeah, well, quite. Um, and just a couple of weeks back, uh, so this, this, you know, very, very recently, there's a Belgian YouTuber who goes by the name Jan Nike, um, or Jan Nike, or I would pronounce it, I don't know, uh, also arrested this week for videos in which he firstly films himself mixing like a bucket full of horrific shit, right? Okay. Just like a bucket full of water, paint food beer dog shit actual 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 dog excrement actual dog shit right okay and he then fucking pours this over over members of the public and runs away come on you fucking scumbag seriously like what I mean, this is a thing that I struggle with a lot in society generally is the like, how would you feel if that happened to you? You know, like, well, good, yeah, like, you know, like the golden rule type situation. Yep. Like, yep. 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 Uh, and furthermore, right there recently, a, a, a British YouTuber, a guy who goes by the name of Mizzy, uh, his real name is uh, Bakari Bronzagaro. And. This kid, had, he he recently got 18 weeks in prison, mm. uh, rightly so, for repeatedly just videos that he's sharing on social media of him just brazenly just walking into people's homes and sitting down in their living rooms. That's um, right. Yeah, I remember run, that happening. Running away with a dog, just stealing a, a dog from an old, from a pensioner. <laughs> um, riding his bike into stores in the back room of shops and restaurants, just, just absolutely antisocial behavior. Ho- horrific antisocial, just pulverizing of the social contract on video, simply for uh, you know, just for a, in in this kid's case, just for a craven play for you know sponsorship and fucking brand endorsements and, and YouTube yeah, or just thing. views kid, for that yes, matter like exactly this exactly. we talked about that one like we're talking about like dangerous things people do to themselves on yeah, tiktok yeah, 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 when yeah, yeah, when yeah. anna was here um i did like a cold open talking about that and it's mm. like people like it's not even for sponsorships and stuff like that it's like they get you know the forty thousand mm. views or whatever and some likes and it's like that's worth it yeah it is totally worth that like what and it's it, it it's given me a lot to think about in terms of how the fuck have we have we got here where this mm. kind of thing is becoming more and more prevalent and mm. how how is it seen as as a, as a reasonable avenue 
of exposure for people. Right. I mean, take take the fucking dog shit water pouring guy, right? Mm-hmm. With all of these views and with all of this notoriety, what outcome? What outcome <laughs> right. is possibly... What, what is the fucking goal here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's... Surely, you know, he, he can't be telling himself that that's going to lead to any kind of legitimate career. Right. Yeah, because, like, lead... nobody's going to, like, sponsor someone that's doing dangerous shit to people or, like, you know, that's not going to, like, bring you to the next level. Like, oh, all yes. of a sudden, people saw me pour some dog shit on people and they wanted to see what I could do next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. Like, oh, they saw, they I was such a genius. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of, that's, that's, that's where my head is at this week, right? That's what I kind of want to discuss in mm. a little bit more depth. I mean... Ah, fucking hell. I mean, is it is it that there's now, you know, take 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 Mizzy, for example, right? The when being sentenced, um, you know, the 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 judge condemned the fact that that it it felt like for him it's an open play for fame, right? Mm -hmm. And whereas in traditional kind of legacy media types like TV and film and, 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 and whatever, there are so many more steps that somebody would need to go through and an idea would have right. to go through to make it anywhere near in front of the, the eyes of the public. Yeah, it's kind of this weird reversal because like now, I mean, you see this with like when people want to become actors and, and musicians and stuff like that too, especially musicians, that it's yeah. like, it, like it used to be that it was like oh yeah you you have to like do all this training you have to have an agent you have to blah 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 blah, blah get all this yeah. and like now when you try to become one of these things like well how many followers do you have yes. you know yes. are we gonna be able to you know monetize you because you've already got a following or are we gonna have to start from scratch which we don't yeah 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 exactly that do uh, it's <laughs> i think that that kind of instant validation that instant fame that social media and TikTok in particular affords does it drive people I mean has it become a pissing contest are, mm. are, are people looking for more and more ridiculous extreme fucking offensive ways right of of standing out I guess is that what yeah. it is is that what I wanted to on? yeah I and I kind of wanted to, like, in thinking about that, sort of explore, like, pranks in yep. and of themselves, right? Because ostensibly, that's what these are, right? Yes, like, they're yes. bad ones, but they're they're pranks that yes. they're pulling on people. Um, and, you know, I found a couple of articles that have interesting takes on the psychology of mm. pranking. One that kind of explains why, in general, we find pranking fun and one that explores the more insidious side of pranking. And so I thought maybe we could like go through that a little bit mm. because I found this, I found these pretty fascinating. Um, so like one of these articles called The Psychology of Pranking um, talks about it like from like a, a sort of the positive values of this, you know, humor and laughter, release endorphins and oxytocin, you know, yeah, yeah, sure. you Good know, stuff. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Great things that we'd love. And uh, clinical psychology says that practical jokes are a form of play fighting, 
Um, jokes imply a sense of closeness or insider group feelings in the relationship. That is, you tend to prank those you believe you're close with or who can handle the joke. And you do see this kind of stuff like, you know, you had mentioned like people who prank their partners on on TikTok and stuff like that. And some of it sucks, but some of it is just like silly, right? Like, you know, uh, things that a lot of people do in their homes, like, you know, oh, my husband is easily startled, so I hide behind things, you know, stuff like that. And like, just to hear him like scream or whatever. And uh-huh. it's like, it's out of, it's closeness. It's a bond. You know that this isn't like, you know, he's not going to have an emotional breakdown because you scared him or things like that. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's fun. Um, and you can do that kind of stuff with people that you know well and know how they're going to take it and that like maybe they're just going to prank you back tomorrow and stuff like that. So it, uh-huh. it, it's a way of actually building closeness and community with people. Is it, it yeah. is is inherently though a prank not add just by definition something mean spirited is it not just a way well of... not necessarily i mean to i mean okay so one of the things it says is you know a good prank satirizes human fears or vulnerabilities mm. um and, and you know it talks about how this is used like worldwide like for example uh there is in new guinea a tribe that um as a tr- like sort of a coming of age ritual they'll have children make a box and buried in the ground and they'll tell them that after a while treasure will appear inside it but they can't peek uh, right. and they know that kids of course are going to peek so when the kid looks inside of the box it's just yeah, a box yeah, yeah. of, of uh, animal shit you know and it's like it's poking fun at like you know kids who would go and look at their christmas presents early or whatever like it's not mean you're not trying to hurt the kid it's just kind of a like uh you peaked, you little goofball, mm. and all you get is shit as a result, you know? Um, and it's, like, about, like, motivations, it says, you know? Like, what are you trying to, like, accomplish, you know? And, and this argues that a prank releases inhibition, liberating us from a moment from having to act properly. And that's a thing that, like, you know, throughout society, we like to do. Like, give us a moment of just being like, you're not acting right, you know? <laughs> Um, and that is part of the fun of it, as opposed to like, you're not trying to hurt someone. If someone hates pranks and you do this to them all the time, that's mean spirited. If they laugh every time you do it and think it's funny, Mm. then this is like, yeah, it's part of like building relationship with someone. So that's like kind of the psychology of like why we do find pranks funny and why like we do them to each other right like Mm -hmm. nobody like in your friend groups most of the time if you have like a prankster in the group they're not doing stuff that like deeply harms you they're just doing stuff that's like oh we all have a laugh about it let's tell that story later on Um, yeah i don't know i i i I fucking hate being pranked, right? I absolutely (laughs) i'm not a huge fan of it either but you pranked me the other day right like was that mean no, it wasn't. Like, it were was, you trying to hurt me? No, right? Yeah, all, it was. It was an affectionate thing you did because we know each other really well, and mm. you know, you knew that I would buy it because I am very literal, <laughs> and yeah. it was funny that you know you pranked me into thinking we had to be silent during this video game or the zombies were gonna find us. <laughs> you know? I'm still quite proud of it. Right, like so, you know what a prank looks like that isn't mean spirited. I, yes, I do, and, and and I think that's that's kind of that's kind of what has happened here somehow is that the mean the mean spirited uh, 
element of pranking is 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 the one which seems to you know is the one which is getting the most eyes on it is one which gets right. the most media is one that gets them you know in in the the whatever the the fucking echo chamber that's yeah. that's the fucking voice which ends up being loudest and that and I, this, I don't know. this is approached in this other article that i was uh-huh. talking about so another angle on pranks that is less you know sweet and affectionate and my dear friend i know you're going to take me very literally and trust me on this is uh you know an argument by a criminal criminologist named tony blockley in a vice article who basically says like the aspects of this are like a your ego right Mm. like shocking people being able to shock people is something that um provides status and credibility you know it's something that like you're like oh you know just me being able to do this is an achievement um and on top of that he he equates it to a lot of like toxic masculine um behavior and that yeah, he puts this, he says, in frightening someone, you're asserting your power and control over them. Yes. The intense psychological drive to be dominant is predicated by an environment that aggrandizes these values. Why do they do it? Because they can. They can yes. scare somebody. They can control someone. These men would never see the people they frighten as victims. They don't consider that person. They see yep. the person as an object for their achievement, yep. not as a person. And that describes what you're talking about with like pushing an old man off a pier. Yes. Like you do it because you can. That's not a person that is like an avenue for me to... Yeah, you it's, know, it's, get it's views and have props. control. Absolutely, over. So people it's, are it's using people mm-hmm. as props. Um, you know, it's 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 also a complete disregard, just a fucking callous, horrible disregard for people's expectations to kind of privacy, mm-hmm. and you know, I I I hate the assumption that I think has has is is just basically carried around now that everyone is fair game to be filmed and shared right i yeah, fucking hate i hate yeah. knowing that at any given point somebody can wave a fucking camera in my face and share it and mm-hmm. i have no recourse privacy right. law ha- cannot keep up with the speed at which everybody is now you know on display on show a hundred percent of the time uh, yeah, it's, I've I've thought about that before. Like, are there times when I've like been doing something in my own little bubble and someone was filming me and I didn't know it, and it's on TikTok and I have no idea. Really? You know, like I don't use that. Really? Like, what if some? What if? What if that happened? You know, yeah. <laughs> like that occurs to me all the time that it's like you you know you know you're being filmed sometimes right like just in benign ways like yeah. say you're walking around disneyland or something and someone is filming their vacation you know that you're in the background of people's footage and stuff like that but what if you're doing something weird and you don't know it and mm. someone and you end up on a people of disneyland tiktok or something and you don't know yes yeah. <laughs> like yeah that idea that at any time you can be content for someone else is That's, not that great is it you that's it you've just put your fucking finger right on it i i i absolutely despise this idea that people can be just used as props as content mm-hmm. uh, and have no recourse because when you know the, that that fucking video of, of a guy getting shit water dumped all over him on a train has been mm-hmm. shared thousands tens right. hundreds of thousands of times which is, is a no humiliating way. thing to have happen so to you and now yeah Probably your co-workers have seen it. Violating, yeah. This act of violation. And Mm -hmm. the individual has absolutely no agency, no recourse, can't do anything about it. 
when it's happened yeah. and it, it and i think me. his yeah his thing about like sort of power and the dehumanization here speaks to that as well as you know another thing that people talk about is is everyday sadism you yes, know not casual. necessarily the yeah mm. right like not the kind of stuff where like you actively are like tracking down or trying to hurt people but in which you know you yeah in a sort of day-to-day way there's a pleasure derived from the suffering of others and i'm a fan yes. of schadenfreude i love an american funniest home videos or whatever like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when people send in videos of themselves or something like that you know with yeah. something happening to them i find that when funny you know when it there's an element of consent to it but there was one uh, study that was done um, where 78 undergraduates were asked whether they'd rather kill insects, assist in the killing of insects, clean toilets, or submerge their hands in ice-cold water. And over 53% of the volunteers elected to grind the insects to death okay. and did that. Like, you know, they didn't really like, but they thought they were grinding insects to death, right? Mm. And, and many of the people who did so expressed joy in doing it they were having fun crushing the insects and like you know sure a lot of us have antipathy towards bugs but you know the sort of thing they were trying to say is that like sometimes sadistic actions um are pleasurable experiences for people and you know as long as that's the case when you're watching stuff like this you are deriving pleasure from it which drives up the view counts or shock or whatever the case may be but Mm. you have this dehumanization met with a bunch of us sitting at home enjoying that dehumanization of someone else watching someone else suffer uh for our pleasure see that that is that is one thing i just can't get my head around and it it's been kind of condoned on on legacy media before now as well. I mean, I remember, sure. uh, I think it's early noughties, there was a, a prank TV show over here called Balls of Steel, right? Mm-hmm. Which was the most, the lowest common denominator fucking gutter kind of horseshit prank show um, with, you know, this a, a, a jackass-esque team of fucking mm-hmm. pranksters <laughs> just doing horrible fucking childish shit to the public. Right. Uh, you know, which was then then filmed for the gratification of the audience. Things like pretending to smear dog shit on their car door, right. um, just insulting people and running away, just really puerile, childish horse shit. Right. Um, but it 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 was huge. It was a really 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 popular fucking show, and, and I don't know. I, I yeah. There's a like interesting history like to that too because I think of like prank shows like that, right? Like yeah. Often they were, and some are like pretty benign. Um, for example, like an article about Candid Camera, which is like the OG of, of prank course. shows, obviously, uh, noted that the pranks they did were things like having someone use a spoon, but it melted when they tried to stir their coffee, you Fine. know, like, oh, darn it, you know, yep. or uh, having someone try to drive a car, but it doesn't have a motor, you know, like but it's silly. That, exactly. Um, that that trades on befuddlement. Right, befuddlement. As opposed yeah, to absolutely. fucking and something. Fear and, you know, or the show Who Do You Think You Are has actors in scenarios where bystanders have the choice to intervene or not and sees what they do. Yeah. Uh, in this case, the prank isn't harming the people but causing introspection. Are we yeah. bystanders or do we step in? Yeah. You have shows um, like uh, scare, t- sta- scare Tactics, which scared the living shit out of its victims but was set up by friends and family so that ultimately uh-huh. there was like a catharsis when the person escaped the horror show. Uh-huh. and was greeted by someone they loved. 
But then you've got meaner stuff that I think is more the lineage of your TikTok assholes, like that yeah, one you yeah, were yeah. just talking about, yes. or like boiling points, which put people into rage-inducing situations to see if they would freak out or keep their cool, mm. or punked, punked, which sometimes yeah, exactly. could be very cool. silly, but also famously brought Justin Timberlake to tears when he thought that the IRS had confiscated his dogs. Um, a quibby reboot of Punk saw the social media personality and actress Liza Koshy getting pranked into thinking she hit a 13-year-old girl in the face and broke her nose on the day of her bat mitzvah, causing Koshy to have to Holy fight back shit. tears as she tried to deal with the situation. Like, that's mean. That wow. is mean. Like, causing so much distress to this person in this situation. Like, why would, why are, why is that funny? That, what is that's, funny about that, that is you know? that is what i'm really fucking struggling with right that guy was 79 right right and, and the kid was 14 so there's the, a degree of just immaturity well yeah to that, you know like there's a like just not thinking through the consequences of doing something stupid when you're that age like but it's still like why did you know the reason that that 14 year old kid thought pushing a 79 year old man into the water is funny is because he watched other people do this this is it things yeah. like that you know yeah, yeah, and yeah. get tons of views for doing yes. it you know he, he knows that you can be rewarded by doing terrible yeah. things to strangers and and yeah okay you can't spend views but value right. isn't about money and value is right. placed by right. it's all yeah social capital you said it yes exactly that and if 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 the if the 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 kind of the trade off if the price that you pay to get that is fucking long lasting harm, mm -hmm. you know, if I was sat on a train and somebody dumped shit all over me, that would leave you with fucking PTSD, man. That would leave right. that would leave a fucking real mark on your life. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And for what? For fuck all? I hate it. I right. absolutely hate it. Yeah, you know, my dad used to always say when it came to like pranks or what games you were playing or things like that if it's not fun for everyone it's mm. not fun you no. know and i think that feels like the proper approach to all of this there's plenty of things and even to go back to that sort of gendered dynamic about this like uh -huh. i think you see that clearly too is that most of these are boys and men yes. where like most of the pranks that you see from women are kind of tender in what they're doing you know like i saw one the other day it went wrong but it was like you know the this girl tried to hit her roommate in the face with a pancake while she was flipping a pancake but the handle like came off of the pan and the whole pan hit her in the face oh. but the two of them then like had a laugh or whatever you know like it was silly yes. like she was like oh i'm just gonna do this silly little thing where i throw a pancake at my roommate that's not gonna injure her in any way or anything like that it'll just surprise her and you see a lot of those kinds of tender sort of pranks amongst women. But this idea of like the control and the power and the mm. ego and, you know, being able to just treat people as expendable in this way does seem largely, obviously not all, but to be a kind of male it, yeah. conceit, you know. And it, it's easy to kind of assume that, but it really does feel borne out. It really does feel as though mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's how it's working. And I... I, I sincerely wonder if were were that to right. Uh, obviously, I'd like to think were that to happen to me, I would fucking kill a man. <laughs> sure. I I genuinely feel as though 
a murder charge could be avoided were somebody to get killed in a situation like that. Oh, in America, for sure. I'm sure that's happened. <laughs> like, I would well, not be surprised if if someone has killed someone when they uh, did that and they've got away with it. A guy got shot in the stomach last year. Uh, there you go. Doing a, a prank. You know, air quotes, a fucking prank. Uh, right. Uh, he picked the wrong fucking Texan and got <laughs> shot, fucking shot yep. point blank in the stomach. Um was it Texan? Hang on a second. Did they die or did they just Oh no they didn't. They wounded. survived. Okay. But the 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 guy who the guy with the gun avoided all charges, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. He was completely exonerated. Um mm-hmm. and I, I I we fuck it, it is any fucking time, any day now, someone is going to get killed. Somebody's going to get fucking right. flat out killed for doing this. And um, it feels like an an error in so- socialization, right? Like people mm. who are getting validation from, because like none of them would do this. You would know it's not funny to dump shit on someone if nobody saw it, right? Exactly. Like that would not be a funny prank to do. Yes. It's all about the performance and what clout you get from that. And like the idea that a view is somehow the same thing as like, a community a community applauding you of like people yes. liking you you know and the vice article goes into that this like basically false sense of you know a like on a social media site like equating that to friends right yes. <laughs> and that is like i don't know how you overcome that like mm. we all want validation right like why would we post on social media if we didn't want some form of validation yeah. from that social media. We just keep our lives to ourselves, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and, and, but and that that extreme element of that, of the like, do anything for to feel like you're being liked is like yeah, a yeah, yeah. huge like societal problem. That of That's course. antisocial behavior. And like, what are we doing <laughs> that causes this to happen? The YouTuber who, got, who got shot was in Washington, D.C., by the way, not Texas, my mm, bad. Okay. But yeah, it, it, it's what I mean when I say... As long, you know, if 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 value is placed on it, it it doesn't it doesn't need to be monetary. It doesn't need to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, financial. But I mean, when so you know, creators doing the stupidest shit go get you know blow up and, and get huge and end up with sponsorship and end up with a, you know a media career, right? It 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 feels as though just. It, it's it's a pathway now it's a mm-hmm. it's a fucking it's a you know i mean it's, it's yeah people like logan paul and stuff like that yes. paved this road you yes. know like yeah did he apologize for going and and filming dead bodies in a forest yes but not until you know he'd gotten bajillions exactly. of views of dead bodies in a forest like you know it, it's people see that and it paves the way for exactly this kind of behavior can i leverage my yeah. antisocial Back behavior into yes. In, a into career a, into a future, or into yeah. friends or into whatever you know people are seeking out and it's uh, and it's led to to act you know just actual fucking just bystanders man people going about their fucking mm. day going about their life in a world which is tough enough thanks right yeah exactly like do we really need to add <laughs> all of this to a world that is hard to navigate as it is i also remember like you remember five or six years ago it it felt like they were in tandem with each other there was the thing where people were going around cutting off people's man buns 
and yeah. the thing where people were punching people in the back of the head for social media. Uh, and I feel like I remember there being like at least one incident of that, like, I don't know if killing, but like seriously injuring someone, you know? The Right. The one exception, right? I'll Uh-oh. fucking, I'll give you one exception. Uh, <laughs> Some years back, there was a there was a guy who had a YouTube channel where he would, you know, like really big circular ear tunnels. Ear tunnel? You mean like gauged ears? Yes, exactly. Yeah. On yeah. you know alternative fashion, just big, mm-hmm. big, long. Uh, a guy would 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 sneak up on people with big ear tunnels and put a padlock in in the in the ear. <laughs> and run off. I thought that was that was okay. That cool. is kind of kind of you funny. know. Um, there was also a trend um uh for anyone listening from the uk of a certain age i'm going to use the term happy slapping right um you uh, you don't have the drink tango do you you like a fizzy Mm -hmm. fucking orange drink there was an ad campaign um which featured uh just a, a a bloke in orange paint running up to somebody and slapping them across the chops with both their hands like that and that was fucking huge in schools I can imagine, yeah. Based simply on that one advert, um, mm. kids yep. were running up to each other. Just yes. Kids are impressionable other, like that. I'm they sure are. they did not think that was going to happen when they made that commercial, but... but the difference being detention, a fucking dressing right. down yeah. from your teacher, Punishment. And your mm-hmm. mom and dad calling you a silly twat and telling you not to do it again. You yeah. weren't getting fucking hundreds of thousands of people going, <laughs> nice one, keep yeah. doing do it. Do it again, do it again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Find yeah, a stranger yeah. to do it to this time. Yes. You know? Yeah, I I think that's kind of I think what these two articles sort of spelled out for me and what our discussion spelled out is like, you know, this is a case where intention matters and relationship matters. You know, it can be cute and fun to like prank someone as a means of building community where everyone's in on the joke, you know, where we all consent to the joke as opposed to this idea of using people as props because you don't see them as like people with inner lives or that just so lives sinister. don't want to drown in a in it, the yeah, water it, you know you know what i mean there's the you hear the term npc used often when right, referring to yeah. actual fucking people man right exactly it's npc culture you know mm. and that's that's not a thing that i am into <laughs> at no, all not in the least. and I, it's I, frightening to watch that you know yeah i hope occur. it comes across i fucking i, I despise it man so much so yeah. much and it feels like you know it, it's one of those things where it's like i don't know are are we out of touch you know <laughs> like are we getting old do we just not find it funny anymore what the kids are doing but you know i do think that that distinction makes a difference like i will happily i love those prank videos where someone does something to like their family member or whatever that's cute and funny mm. but i think we do have to think about like the antisocial elements of this stuff and how social media rewards that even when it's even when it's rage like rage bait is a thing too like uh-huh. people know sometimes that that it's going to make people mad but yep. if that anger manifests in views and people reposting it and going look what this person did isn't it bad it yep. has the exact same effect for a lot of people yeah and you know tiktok uh do fuck all you know? <laughs> right yeah they don't um, deal with something until it becomes major enough that they go oh that's a violation of our terms of service and ban it exactly uh for, look for me it's just it's just one more thing 
Mm-hmm. It's just it's just one more fucking thing that that is now a thing that 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 we have to deal with. In in a context of such just decline, mm-hmm. it's 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 another part of what feels like a slide going on socially. Mm. Uh, and that has like I mean in a time where like I think that's so spot on because what we need more than anything in this day and age is solidarity, you know, is people coming together for solutions to world problems on every level. Uh, And to have things in a time when we need solidarity so badly that only serve to drive us apart and to encourage uh, behavior that, you know, is against community and that yes. says, you know, hurting people is good, actually, <laughs> if it's funny, mm. um, you know, that it's antithetical to like what we really need in the times that we live in right now. Hear, hear. Uh, friends, I, I do you share my rage or is it just, you know, great. <laughs> Are we lads? being get off my lawn? Yeah. What's happening here? What do you know. think? I, I don't know. <laughs> but but were I to be the victim of, uh, you know, a surprise fucking shit dousing while sat on a train, <laughs> I fucking, I, it would almost like, you know, to, to paraphrase Pulp Fiction, it would almost be worth the guy doing it just so I could catch him doing it. Because I would <laughs> fucking, I would kill a motherfucker. <sighs> the rage. No, even just like thinking about this, like drives you to just yeah deep deep rage it really does it really does it's 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 some some something about this has touched a nerve i don't know i hate it yeah conversely though if you and like your family or significant other or friends have like pranks that you pull on each other that are very fun and funny please tell the tell us about them because like i said i i am not immune to the enjoyment of schadenfreude Mm. um you know i like a person falling down I like when something silly happens. So, you know, if you've got a good prank that, you know, isn't antisocial, we'd also like to hear about that. Yes, we would, actually. Give us, give us, you know, what's what's the other side of the coin? Yeah. The moral of the story is here, though, don't prank Mark. Yeah. <laughs> or if you do, be prepared to throw yeah, hands. be prepared for the wrath of Marco. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Um, listen, thanks for listening this week, friends. As always, we love each and every one of you individually as though you were our cousins, nephews, or godchildren. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> if you do nothing else, uh, please do stay spooky, won't you? <laughs>